Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Marianne Dunlap, a family medicine nurse practitioner at Providence Medical Group in Oregon. And today we're answering your questions about wellness exams. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from our listeners via social media. We can be found on Twitter at PSJH and on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc, that's hashtag Talk with a Doc, for your chance to hear questions on our future episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. All right, let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Marianne Dunlap. Hello. Thanks for joining us. It's good to see you. Well, we are talking about wellness exams today, and I think there's a lot of questions out there about, is a wellness exam an annual exam? Is it my physical? Is it, what is it? And so let's start at a very high level for those listening. How do you define a wellness exam? So it's your preventative care visit. Okay. So whatever that consists of for you at your age. So I know one of the questions that your um, uh, folks had was, you know, does it vary from age 20 to age 40 to right. age 60? Right. And it does. So different things are going to be important at different times. My specific focus actually is wellness exams for those 65 and older. So I do Medicare wellness visits. That's my special focus now in what I'm doing. And so those in, consist a lot of safety issues and things like depression mm -hmm. and um, eating, exercise. So it's really it's really a lot of discussion and education around wellness and and best health practices and preventative care. Like what immunization should I have? Right. That kind of thing. Especially in that age group, because they're like, do I need the flu vaccine? Mm -hmm. Do I need pneumonia vaccine? That and the youngsters. So uh, that and the yeah. little the little guys. So the in between ones. in between tetanus shots are probably the biggest thing that. Mm -hmm our age group gets. Um, and then also for women, pap smears, you know, and things like that can be really important. But for men, actually, there's a kind of a golden age, you know, when they hit after um, puberty and then until their 50s or so, there's they have uh, very few things that they really need. I think cholesterol is a nice mm -hmm. thing to look at and monitor, blood pressure, weight, uh, exercise, and things like that. But there's not a lot of actually hands-on physical exam that they really need heart and lung check every so often, sure. blood pressure, that sort of Maybe thing. Maybe their skin if they have a mole or sure, something. Sure, yeah, things that they're seeing. And then the education around what you should you be looking for and right. things like that. You're telling me men have it easier in life? <laughs> you know, I think us ladies, we, we've known that for a while. I think we've known that. But, but we're really moving a little bit away from this hands-on idea and really talking more about what keeps us healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so even depression screenings and those sorts of things may be more important, you know, in those middle years than... Sure. than actually you know listening to heart and lungs and that sort of stuff that should happen every so often but well, sure how has that changed over the years because i think you know 20 years ago we weren't doing um depression screenings or mental health screenings but now it's part of something that primary care physicians are asked to do how's that education look how has it changed yeah that's true um i just think that there's just a much more awareness now that those are big issues. Yeah. They're not so much pushed under the table anymore. We're, they're actually in the forefront and we need to talk about them. And I don't know, sometimes I wonder, you know, has stress and depression increased? I think that's a good question. Right. It's hard to say, um, but definitely we talk about it more and um, we have more options now. Um, there's certainly medications. Therapy is becoming more accepted and mm -hmm. more available. Um, and luckily, most insurance companies are now covering those sorts of things uh, as that's well. That's really been the biggest thing. 
thing, right? Parity as to your mental health care versus regular physical health care. Right. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, we have got to move away from the idea that mental health care is something different right. than your overall care. Right. I mean, it's part of your, your brain, mm-hmm. your brain chemistry, sure. what you're thinking. That's all part of your whole body experience. Well, sure. So your mental health impacts your physical health, your physical health impacts your mental everything. health. Everything. Yeah. Right, right. So, so it's really, really important. And I don't know, again, I don't know whether it's that it's... Um, more prevalent than it used to be or whether we're just talking about it more. I hope that it's just that it's more accepted. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Well, so you talked about this kind of um, what it is. I think a lot of people would call that a physical. Is that that standard language? Yeah, so it's really interchangeable. Um, A physical and a wellness exam now are the same thing. Um, It's just that you're not going to see maybe as much hands-on. And you're still going to have a variety, though. Mm -hmm you know how providers are all very different and so they all do a lot of different things you still may get it's this full head-to-toe physical Um, and that's fine too it's just that we're moving a little bit more away from just that standard idea of head-to-toe physical is what's really important well is a pap smear part of a wellness exam or is that separate it can be so you know it's again if we're talking about your total wellness um, a pap smear for a woman at a particular time might be important so once every three years for um uh, most women is is standard. However, you've got to follow the directions of your provider because mm-hmm. if you have any abnormalities, mm-hmm. then there's going to be a different schedule. Sure. And it's really important because if you follow that schedule, you know definitely they will be able to handle things at an early in in, in sure. you know early and and in a in the fashion that will keep you keep you healthier. So, oh, I tell people that I was on the every two year plan and uh-huh. I just I for some reason felt like I needed to go mm-hmm. in after only a year and that's when they determined that I had the early stage cervical yeah. and what if I had waited two years right, right? and that was just a gut feeling uh-huh. but my doctor was absolutely she said sure you know you're on a two-year plan but let's do it right like why mm-hmm. not that's one thing I learned too is that when somebody comes and tells you something a lot of times you just have to listen mm-hmm. I mean I've, I learned that pretty early on it's not all about the guidelines you just gotta li- you've got to take the person in front of you and listen to what they're saying and go sure. with that as well but but the general guidelines are um, you know once every three years, or based on what your findings were. Um, How has Dr. Google changed the wellness exam? Do people come (laughs) to you now with the, here's the 15 things I have? Oh, that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's really difficult because people are more educated, but sometimes the hard part is the behind, you know, what's behind what they're reading. So the right. science behind it, and you know, we go to school for a long time to learn about all those little detail things, and so it's really hard to explain to somebody without sounding, oh gosh, you know, a little bit arrogant, where you say, oh gosh, you know, but all these little bits and pieces behind it lead me in a different direction than right. where you're going, right. and um, and it's really hard sometimes to explain that without sounding like you're trying to tell somebody you don't know what you're talking about Um, but I think it is you can bring stuff up but realize too that there's a lot of background information um, that that we've got from just um, you know all that years of education so listen to us too as well as Google (laughs) (laughs) well Google is an algorithm let's remember that your physician is actually a human with a lot of training right right how should people prepare for the exam? Do they bring you a list of questions? Do they just tell you how their health has changed? This is the best question because I think a lot of times you'll see like on the Today Show or somewhere, you know, that bring in your questions. And it's fine to bring in questions, but remember that those may be prioritized to another visit. Sure. Um, and I think that that's really important that people don't feel like they're going to get everything maybe done in that one visit. Unfortunately, we would love to, but, you know, there is time limitation. Yeah, sure. And we want to get to the preventative piece for that visit because it is a prevention visit 
But what we can do is prioritize another visit and, and get you set up for that maybe in a week or two weeks or whatever uh, to come back and talk about other issues. And we can even put those in a priority so that we can set up visits in the future for those. And maybe some of them are even referrals to other people, right? That's true, too. And the other thing is, is it's not that we can't look at, you know, like if you have a mole you want us to right. look at during your physical, that's fine. Um, if we need to remove it or do something like that, that may be another visit. Little things are generally okay. Um, it's just prioritizing maybe a brand new problem. Sure. You know, like, like um, you know, I have this new knee pain or I, you know, right. those sorts of things. We may need to have you back so we can do x-rays, et cetera, sure. whatever we need to do. I think that begs the question, how long is a typical wellness exam? About 30 minutes for most people. The Medicare visit is about an hour. It's okay. a little bit longer. Um, and why is that? We do a little bit more screening, sure. um, so we're doing a little more testing on um, balance and falls, mm -hmm. um, and a little more education. Um, I think is is what we end up running into with those those visits. And then as people get older, sometimes they have more chronic conditions that we sure. want to just. It's not that we manage them during that visit, during the preventative mm -hmm. visit, but we want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So maybe we need to create a listing of um, you know other appointments that need to be made. And is a lot of this related to, say, a population health perspective of we just really want to decide, oh, you might actually be pre-diabetic, and that's going to be very costly if we don't catch it early? Is that the idea behind wellness exams? I think generally, no. Uh, so generally speaking, your wellness exam really is more focused on um, your your health, your mm -hmm. your preventative care, finding things early and uh, doing things that will prevent disease or conditions mm -hmm. from occurring. However, it is important for us to know how mm, well or unwell you are from the perspective sure. of cost, because that helps us to um, have the appropriate amount of dollars um, given to the health plan so that they don't have to raise premiums. Right. And that's what we don't want. We don't want premiums to go up for our clients. It's not good for anybody. Nope. No. Nobody likes that. So that's <laughs> that's the kind of administrative piece. And I have to tell you, it's not every provider's favorite thing to do that, but I think it's important because it's it's about cost. And, and that is something that is transferred on to, to our clients and our patients. Absolutely. And we don't want that to happen. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to combine these two questions we got because the first was, do I need to fast before I go in? Uh -huh. And the second is, do they do lab work and blood work? And I assume those go hand in hand. Yeah, sure. So if you have an early morning appointment and you have any desire to have labs and or think you may need labs, you can fast. It might make it easier so that you can get them done that mm -hmm. day. Um, but we can certainly order labs and have you come back at, at okay. any given time for those. And you can usually come back to any, you know, if you're a Providence, um, coming to a Providence clinic, then you can come back to any different Providence clinic because we're all oh, connected. Nice. Our computers are all connected. Well, it's like so. Redbox. I can rent it one yeah. and drop it off right. at another. Right, right. <laughs> so you can come to your doctor who might be in one city and, and you happen to live in another sure. one and you can go there for your labs if you want. So um, it's not necessary, mm -hmm. and I would only recommend it if you were coming in for an early morning appointment or if you absolutely knew you were going to have labs and you were okay with fasting. Fasting all day. <laughs> um, well, do I have to have a primary care physician on record to get a wellness exam? Mm, that's a tough one. Yes, mostly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know of many cases where you wouldn't have somebody that is your primary care provider do them. And I think another question is kind of at these clinics that are set up in Walgreens or our immediate right. care clinics, do, do they do them? At this point, they're not other than very specific types, like a sports physical can be done mm -hmm. at an express care, uh, a school physical could be done, but just a general preventative physical would usually be done at your doctor's office with your primary care provider. And 
you may not even see that person but once a year because you're so healthy or maybe even once every couple of years um, but it is nice to have somebody set up in case you need them sure. so I, I always recommend getting a primary care provider I think it's interesting talking about primary care providers because mm -hmm. we do a lot of research and what we're finding is that Millennials don't have a primary care physician mm -hmm. and what we're finding though is that they really need to because when they actually need health care access they don't have anyone and there's no medical record yes. to go back and look at and that's exactly what I'm talking about it's nice to have somebody set up not just for your physical but if you ever need them mm -hmm. and you never know when you're you might need them <laughs> isn't that the truth yeah right <laughs> <laughs> if only we could guess yeah. yeah um well can you if I go to my doctor for my wellness exam should mm -hmm. I bring my family medical history should I bring my list of medications what do mm -hmm. I bring yeah so if you're already set up with us typically we're going to have a pretty accurate list of your medications but every physical we will certainly review those as well to make sure that it is you know that we've got that accurate list um, bringing your medications isn't a bad idea just bringing them all in even supplements that you take yeah. uh, over the counter really good idea just to bring those in so we can see what you're doing um, and family history is always great to know and your own personal history surgeries things like that right, right. yeah well, you did talk about maybe the depression screening and other things. Mm -hmm. Are there kind of a list of screening items that you go through there that um, people can be prepared for? Um, you know, not necessarily. Again, it's we're kind of more age appropriate. Mm -hmm. So we have an idea of what we're going to be looking at. Again, like I said, there's this kind of area for men in the mm -hmm. middle of their years where they're, you're looking at mostly just blood pressure screenings, cholesterol, tetanus mm -hmm. shots, really basic stuff like that. Women is going to be a little more uh, interesting. If you let's, let's say you had a pap smear from an outside source mm -hmm. as a woman, uh, like a gynecologist, and you're coming to your primary care doctor for just a physical, maybe in those in-between three years that you don't need a pap. Um, it's really good to have that information uh, to bring in for, for them, you know, that sort of thing. So they know that you did have uh, that pap smear done and that you're all up to date on that. And I guess that's what we're really kind of doing is collecting information to make sure you're up to date on things. And then if you're not, we want to pick those things up during that visit. And so again, it's going to vary um, based on your age. Give me an example of um, what a wellness exam would look like for a woman 45 years of age. Yeah, so probably um, a lot of discussion around health behaviors. Um, so exercise, what you eat. Um, you know, of course, are you up to date on your pap smear? Mm -hmm. um, mammogram. So that's another controversy, you know, starting at age 40 right. or starting at age 50. But what I think we'd like to do is have discussions with patients. We like to talk. What's your family history? What's your personal history? You know, we, we get a lot of information and then we help make uh, a decision around that. Like, should you start now? Should you, you know, wait till 50? Right. That sort of thing. So really it's very individual. It's a very focused on the person sitting right in front of me. And um, so, so um, it would be a lot of discussion first. And then usually I would do some sort of hands-on, you know, I'm gonna check your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna listen to your heart and lungs. If we need to do a pap smear, we'll do a pap smear. Uh, breast exams, you know, we're still doing those, although there is some information that those may not be uh, terribly useful. Mm -hmm. I know that, it, it, and it's so, it is so controversial. There's a lot of controversy yeah. around what we do and don't do. We can do. do a whole segment just yeah, on right. that, right? So that's a tough, that's a tough one, but we're again, mm -hmm. Part of it that's really important is having the discussion with you about what your, what's important to you. So if I say to you, you know, the U.S. Preventative Care Task Force says that breast exams aren't necessarily helpful, and you say, but I would like one, and then I say, sure, you know what I mean? So right. I think I think it's a lot about who's sitting in front of you. But yes, depression screenings, blood pressure screenings, should we have a cholesterol because it's been five years? Mm -hmm. Those sorts of things. That's what we're going to talk about. Ah, this is great information, Marianne. Thank you so much for being here with us. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about wellness exams.
Everybody's talking, overthinking what they think. Their opinions coming strong, but I lose them in a blink. They say I'm not good enough, then I'm someone I can trust. talk with the doc today with our guest Marianne Dunlap an adult nurse practitioner from Providence in Oregon and we are talking about wellness exams Mm -hmm. you've given us a lot of great information Um, we got a lot of great questions around costs so let's dig into that category so are wellness exams typically covered by insurance yes so as part of the Affordable Care Act they really bolstered preventative care which makes so much sense you know I think that um, everybody agrees that that is a good way to spend money, prevention, keep people healthy. So um, most visits, yeah, preventative visits are generally covered under most insurance plans, and I think they may have to be um, Mm -hmm. as part of the Affordable Care Act. Um, 
And the Medicare one that we do um, is, you know, paid at 100%. And right. that's the thing. There usually isn't a copay with them either. It's usually 100% covered. Oh, that's good. We got that question a lot. Yeah, and, um, you know, pap smears, uh, mammograms, those things are also covered at 100%. So if I were to get lab work done during that visit, would that typically be covered or would it be variable? Variable. Okay. So most plans will cover some. Um, specific things. Like I said, you know, I alluded to before the idea that there is um, a task force that actually talks about when uh, screening should occur. Mm -hmm. And so some insurance companies will follow along with their guidelines or maybe the American Academy of Family Practice guidelines or the American Cancer Society guidelines. And so they have their specific intervals at which they want to pay for things. The easiest thing you can do is actually call your insurance company. I was going to mention this before too. Smart. Before I just make a blanket statement <laughs> that everything's covered, I must always say, sure. you know, you should probably call. I don't want to give anybody. It's going to vary. <laughs> you're right, sure. you're right. But calling your insurance company um, will let you know. I know that um, most plans, though, really are covering preventative care well, and labs are slightly different. Um, and sometimes you want labs, too, because you're having a, p a particular problem. So you know how we talked about um, what if you come in with a list of things? Well, right. maybe you come in and tell me you're fatigued, which is mm -hmm. probably one of the number one things I hear during visits. Um, we might want to do some labs that wouldn't be considered preventative, but they're Got important. It. So they may actually incur a little bit of cost, whereas your preventative visit is covered at 100%. So just know that there may be some labs that aren't covered at 100%. Now, you just mentioned kind of a task force advisory council. Mm -hmm. You're on that for Providence, correct? Aren't you one of the leaders? Um, not not that one particularly. So that's a big one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's there, we have these really big task force in the, in the U.S. where mm -hmm. these really smart people get together, and they actually will take a topic, and it's so interesting. Like, they'll take um, breast cancer prevention and screening, and they'll just hash that out for a year or better. Yeah. They'll, just, they'll just sit around and look at all the data and all the information that they have, and then they'll finally come up with a, an advisory or recommendation. They'll give it a grade, you know, like A grade being mm -hmm. the best and F grade being don't do it. And, so, and then they'll give us a little information in between, like, Prostate cancer screening is a good one to talk about because it's kind of gone, it's gone multiple right, different ways. Right. So uh, PSA screening was seen to be, um, you know, the, the best screening we had. And then it was kind of like out of, out of um, popularity for a while because we found that it was really, um, uh, there's a lot of false positives with that test. And oh, so that'd be scary. Right, right. So then um, the question was, so are we doing unnecessary biopsies and things like Got that? It. We've kind of come to a middle ground now with this idea of, um, shared decision making so that's a thing you'll hear a lot of people talk about where we're talking to patients you you know about this you may find some it is the only screening we have but we have a lot of false positives with mm -hmm. it but we're not going to jump to a biopsy right away so that's the new um sort of recommendation is have a shared decision making conversation don't just write it off completely right. but that's what this u.s preventative care task force does is they give us information about what's the best way to approach these preventative measures now that may differ from what the American Cancer Society right, says. Right. So, you, so as a provider, you've got to kind of take, um, you know, each guideline and kind of meld it into what you feel is most appropriate for that person sitting in front of you. And I'll keep coming back to saying that mm -hmm. you're looking at that one that's sitting with you that right. day. So that's well, it's important. Each physician, though, can take, or each clinical expert can take mm -hmm. that recommendation and then decide how they engage. And I ask this yeah. because when I was in Seattle, I was on a three-year plan for pap smear. When mm -hmm. I moved to Portland, my new doctor said every two years. Yes. And I had only aged six months, right? So it couldn't have been too big of a difference. Right. And that's what I mean exactly. Um, you'll, you'll get people that have differing opinions, but they're basing them on some sort of guideline. Mm -hmm. So we all try to use some sort of guideline, but the guidelines may be different based on which 
expert source you look at, sure. and then also how you interpret your particular findings. So um, I think that that's really important is that, that people recognize that there are multiple different guidelines out there, and then there's multiple different people that are going to sit in front of you and be your patient that you're going to want to treat individually. And I assume some of them are more adamant about certain things than others as well, right? I Yes, exactly. And I think that we have to respect that, mm-hmm. you know? And we also may be adamant about something. There may be something that a person wants that really is out of the realm of mm-hmm. norm, you know? And we may say, I'm just not the best in person to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for instance, some naturopathic stuff, I don't understand how to interpret some of those tests. So I'll say, sense, yeah. it's not that you can't do it. I'm just not the best person to provide right. that service for right. you. Can speaking off, can you call my dad and convince him to get his colonoscopy? Because he really said he only needs it every three years. I disagree. So can we call him when we're done? Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> you might need to give me a little kick on that one, too. <laughs> colonoscopy is honestly one of the best screening t- tools and tests we have available. It is by far I, I, one of the best tools that we have out there to prevent colon cancer. And it right. actually prevents colon cancer, not just finds exactly. colon cancer. So um, that test just it should never be skipped. I agree. I agree. But you know, most people do because it's not a fun one. It isn't. Uh, But there's, there are so many options now too. And I think people just, they need to be educated too. The procedure gets better and easier all the time. True. Well, and and do things do evolve. So, right. We've talked a little bit about insurance, but people have asked if I don't have insurance, can I still get a wellness exam? Do I just pay out of pocket? Are there lower prices for those who don't have insurance? lot in that question. Yeah. Well, some, some places do have lower prices. Um, and so part of that is just going to be as a consumer when you don't have insurance or, I mean, I think it's like anything else you would probably, you know, price out. Price things. Shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, like you would as a consumer yeah. for any other service. And there are people that do sliding scales type stuff. And then there's ways that you can like for women's health care exams. The one thing that we like um, about some of the uh, places like Planned Parenthood is that a lot of what they do for sure is, um, uh, wellness stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's uh, one of the things that's just indispensable, truly, is to having Absolutely. clinics like that who are offering up services to women. And even they may even have vouchers for mammograms and things like that through uh, like Susan G. Komen and stuff like right. that. Yeah. Um, so there are resources. And you're, and even if you have a primary care provider and you're still paying cash, a lot of times they can offer up resources as well. Right. And, and so can health systems. I mean, a lot of times they will help people uh, within uh, some sort of sliding scale sure. situation if need be. I know Providence we, is we very try. much about that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely about, you know, people who are, you know, vulnerable and we want to make sure that they get their, their care too. So at least ask, you know, always ask and see what we have to offer. Well, this question was, um, can I get a flu shot during my wellness exam? For sure. Nice. Mm-hmm. That was an easy answer. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good deal. Go get one. Right. Everybody should have one. Yes. Well, not everybody, but within reason. Right. <laughs> Most folks should. Right. <laughs> um, so as, as a clinician, I assume that you're very busy. Do you block your schedule to have wellness visits every week or every, like, is there an amount of time? Cause I would assume some people are thinking, oh, sure. I could go get mine, but it's going to be a six month wait. Do you guys block out times for these things? Yes. Um, absolutely. So I would hope that people wouldn't find it to be that long. <laughs> I know in some cases it can be around here. I would say generally speaking, we don't see that as much, maybe, a, maybe a month. Um, but yeah, we do definitely block out, uh, extra time for those. Mm-hmm. And I assume there aren't docs who just do wellness exams. Cause then you wouldn't really know that patient ongoing, but are there doctors who <laughs> like to do wellness exams or do more of them than others? Well, this is the interesting thing. I would say no generally, although, um, that's what I do. <laughs> so it's interesting. Um, our small group uh, of providers, we have four, um, uh, two physician assistants and two nurse practitioners mm-hmm. in our group. And we actually only do wellness exams. Again, it's for that Medicare population. Right. And it's to help uh, because this visit is 
a very long visit. Mm -hmm. So people may question, so why am I seeing somebody who's not my provider? And it's really because this is an hour long visit and to chunk out that amount of time out of a busy provider schedule sure. makes it really difficult for them to see people in follow up for their blood pressure and their diabetes and all those things. So we don't mean to replace that that person, but we're there just to help and um, you know kind of get this visit done. And then we package it all up and send it to the provider. Oh yeah, that was my next question. Mm -hmm. How do you work with their provider then? Oh, so the really nice thing is that we tend to be at the same clinics over and over and so we work as a just a team member we're just part of your team if you're a patient there and um, we just happen to see you once a year for that one visit and then we we uh, chart the visit and and kind of give them a little bit of information about all the things we talked about and the things we did and then we just are able to send that to them via our uh, electronic medical record mm -hmm. which is um, really integrated and sure. wonderful so and is that cool. my chart as well well my chart um, has some information on there um, Gosh, you know, you can schedule your appointment through there. Um, it may remind you that you're due for a wellness Oh, I'm visit. a MyChart junkie. Right? I use it for everything. Right, and you, what you may need. And they do send you even some pre-documentation mm -hmm. that you can, you know, put in your health history and things like that with All MyChart. All of your supplements, yeah. yeah. But I just send usually just a, a, a regular note to your provider that, hey, if you had a wellness visit and these are the things we found and the things we talked about. And I may even set you up an appointment with your regular provider if we find that your blood pressure is out of control, okay. that your diabetes is a problem, or you're having new knee pain and we need to get you in there. So oh, that makes sense nice for people yeah we're really just yeah. we're doing everything in that one visit so how do they get referred to you for that is it their physician who's sending them over multiple to ways okay. so um, their physician may recommend hey you know get in a, get into that wellness visit with your with the wellness provider or we actually do outreach for folks um, on uh, plans that, that like Providence Health Plan mm -hmm. we do outreach for those folks because um, we think it's a really really valuable visit uh, and so you can call in yourself and ask for it so a p patient okay. can call and say I would like my annual wellness visit it, you know my Medicare annual wellness visit mm -hmm. and you may get set up with one of your with your own provider or one of us um, and they'll usually they will actually let you know right then of course if it's going to be with your provider or with sure. somebody on our team is it required for Medicare patients no it's not, it's not it is a free benefit to you though it's an absolutely free visit and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit to it I will say some people who are very very healthy may benefit from it once every two years, you know, uh, we're not sticklers, you know, mm -hmm. we just want what's best for that patient. So I, most people every year should have it, but some people will do well with every once every sure. two years. My mom is um, doctor avoidant. So <laughs> she got the call that said, um, you need to come in, yeah. like at least see us every three years, lady. Right. And, and that I would say there's even some that are that healthy. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, one of the questions we got was, will I see a doctor or a nurse? Can you talk a little bit about the mm -hmm. types of clinicians you see as a wellness sure. exam? So usually um, for the typical wellness visit where there's going to be some hands-on involved, you know, where we're going to listen and we're going to talk about diagnoses and do that sort of thing, it's going to be either a nurse practitioner, a physician assistant, or MDDO, so mm -hmm. a doctor or an, an what we call advanced practice clinicians now. Gotcha. And um, traditional Medicare does have an annual wellness visit as well. So that's a Medicare where a person hasn't bought a supplement plan. Okay. And that traditional um, may be done by an RN because there's really not a, a real hands-on component to that one. That one's more of just the screenings and education piece. Got it. So um, they can do all that, and that's oftentimes done by an RN. Okay. One of the questions we got was, what if my doctor's rushing me and I don't feel like they have time for my questions or concerns? So should they schedule oh a follow-up? How does that work? Yes. So that is such a good question because I think it's uncomfortable for everybody, sure. you know? Um, and so 
I would say this, it's kind of the expectation that you have going in, like when I talked before about should you bring a list. I think one of the important things is that you don't save up everything (laughs) for that visit. And I think that we've gotten the impression that that's, that consumers have the impression that that's fine. And so what are they going to do? They're going to do what, you know, again, they've heard, bring in your list, you know, I'll just keep shotting it down. So um, it just doesn't work that way in the real world. So what I would say is, if you if you're if you're finding that your list has two to three problems on it, it's probably a great time <laughs> to just go to your doctor and handle those two to three problems. You I know, feel like you're come. talking right to me because I'm that one who goes, okay, here's the four things that have happened to me in the last yeah. six months. Right. <laughs> and, it, you know, we certainly try to accommodate. Honestly, I think sure. we all try to accommodate that, but it is difficult. And so um, I think that that is the idea. If you have a couple of things coming up, come in for a visit for that. Um, if you have a couple of things that you want to talk about during your preventative visit, that's usually okay too. But do expect that you may have some of those also set off to another sure. visit. Just prioritizing is kind of what we try to do. Well, we're almost out of time, so I'm going to ask you kind of, we don't want to bring you a list, but what are the (laughs) things that we should ask you, or what are the things that we should make you aware of as we see you in this exam? Okay, so for a preventative visit, I think it's, you know, wanting to know, how do you see my general health? healthcare provider. I mean, how do you see where I'm at right now? What are the areas that you could see me improving for better general health overall? I think those are what you're really looking at in your preventative visit. If you think about it and and you think about it not being necessarily um, about problems per se, but staying healthy. Right, getting ahead of things. Yeah, so you're, I think that's the sort of thing that you want to talk to your provider about is what, what sorts of things uh, can I do to stay healthy and, and, and be well? And feel good. Is there anything I shouldn't be bringing to the table? Like I shouldn't be bringing X, Y, and Z. Any questions about like my mom's health or? <laughs> I mean, I think you can always bring anything to your healthcare provider that you think needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. You just know that they're gonna, you know, give you probably try to get you the right information and where to go with that. Sure. Uh, so they may not be able to solve the problem, right. but I, I think you know if you feel like it needs that it's really affecting you and you want to talk to somebody about it, it's fine to bring it up to your provider. They may suggest, you know, counseling, you know, sure. Providence has a lot of counselors, which is really great, like yeah. in office counseling. So that's, that's amazing. That's great too. So we can prioritize and figure out where you need to go with this with this stuff. Wonderful. Well, this was a lot of valuable information. Mm -hmm. We thank you so much for joining us today and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. Make sure to follow us on social media at PSJH on Twitter and on Instagram and under Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. To learn more about our mission, programs, and services, visit future.psjhealth.org. Thanks for listening.